friends. So glad to be with you again this week. Jeff and I went on a very spontaneous date night this last week, and it felt amazing. Jeff and I are not always on the concert game, you know, and I feel like we always find out our favorites are coming to town after tickets are sold out, with the exception of Carrie Underwood, of course. I got those tickets like a year in advance. (laughs) It's going to be good. Ben Rector played at the Moore Theater this week in Seattle, and my friend Megan found us $6 tickets four hours before the show. So we dropped off the kids at their grandparents and took off toward the city. Well, first off, it was an amazing, amazing show. But I can't even tell you how wonderful it was to do this spontaneous thing with Jeff that we don't normally do. Spontaneous and little people don't always go together. But the stars aligned, my friends, and we made it work. So first of all, I want you to go find Ben Rector on Spotify. He's amazing. He's got some wonderful songs that just kind of take me back to certain seasons of my life. It's so fun. If you get an opportunity to be spontaneous with your love this week, go do it. Can I tell you something? God isn't ashamed of you. He's not afraid of what you've done or how you've messed up. He's not covering his eyes. He's not shocked. He's not ashamed of you. Jesus sent shame to the pit of hell when he purchased your life on the cross by giving up his own. It's done. It's over. You know those things that just keep coming back around. The thing you thought you had dealt with or the sin that you keep falling back into. The fight you keep having with your husband. The one that comes up every three months. I have it too, you guys. The reality that you've fallen short again. God isn't ashamed of you. He doesn't look at you with disgust and say, wow, she's done it again. I can't believe she's here again. Will she ever change? The only thing God looks at you and says is, this is my beloved daughter. In her, I am well pleased. God has made you perfect in his eyes. Not because of anything we have done, but because of everything Jesus did for us. God looks at you and calls you blameless as a child who has done no wrong because Jesus has already paid the price for your sins. He paid your debt in full. God will never stop loving you. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, shame is defeated. Friend, I needed to be reminded of that this week. I felt so I felt so ashamed of the place I was in again, and I heard the whisper of the Lord say, I'm not ashamed of you. I love it when God just speaks so directly to me in the depths of my heart. God has made us completely worthy in his son. So be encouraged today, my friend. He's not ashamed of you. Today on the show, I chat with Jesse Aridia. Jesse and I connected through good old Instagram, you guys. It was so fun to chat with this mama on the phone in real time. Jesse is a wife to her husband, Grant, a mama to two little girlies, a writer, a fellow podcaster, and an encourager of new moms. 
She's super passionate about equipping mamas in this season of life with little people running around at your feet. She gets you, my friend. She's in it too and understands how so many women struggle to spend quality time with the Lord. She knows what it's like to need a little soul care after tending to a sweet baby all day. And I'm so pumped for you guys to hear from Jessie today. Here we go. Okay, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to hear your voice and have I'm just so excited to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better today. I know, I'm really excited too. I, I feel like this is going to be a good chat. It's going to be a great chat. Okay, so can you tell my listeners just a little bit about who you are, what your life looks like, kind of some of your everyday stuff? Obviously, we'll get into different things that you do, but tell us who is Jessie? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm a wife foremost and a mom also foremost. I don't, I mean, that's just, that's just how I immediately identify myself. I love my family. I have two girls, um, Tessa and James. Tessa is two. James is a little under one. And my husband, Grant, we all live um, in a little cute house just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And I don't know, when I'm not, you know, staying home with the girls and having fun with them, I'm writing, I'm podcasting, I have a ministry called Soul Care for the New Mom that's specifically for moms of little ones like me, and I just want to encourage moms in their faith and in motherhood, so... That's that's kind of what we that's kind of what I got going on these that's days. That's what she got going on. Awesome. Okay, yeah. so your husband, tell me how long have you guys been married? We will be married for four years this year, so not very long, actually. Yeah, and you've got two little guys, yes. and they're close together. What is the they're age gap with those guys? A year and a half, nineteen months. Okay, so eighteen months. So you're in that like you're in it. I'm <laughs> right in it. I'm in it and it is it is hard but fun and fulfilling and I don't know it's it's been so much fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's definitely hard when they're itty-bitties like that, but when James turns 2, you are just going to love your life. I mean, not oh, that you I'm don't now, so but sure. you're going to love it so much. It's going to be oh, amazing. I believe it. I believe it. Yes, and then the, they'll play together. So, well, I don't know if they do they play together pretty well now. Um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but they, they're both okay with doing their own thing. Um, so I just let, you know, I just let them do their own thing and everyone's happy that way for now. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, just, just wait. Your time is coming. They will play <laughs> together and you will get things done and that it will be amazing. wonderful and getting in and out of the car is going to be so much better. Ooh, yes. Really short time from now. So hang in there. <laughs> It'll be great. So tell me, I know you have a podcast um, called Soul Care for the New Mom. Can you tell us the story of how your podcast was born and kind of what, how did that come to be and what season of your life um, kind of brought about this desire to have this podcast for moms? Yeah, well, to tell you the truth, I had never actually listened to a podcast before I had my first kid, Tessa. I am... I, I didn't even know what they were. Like I'd heard the word, but I didn't understand. And 
when I became a mom, I was spending a lot of time watching TV, which I think a lot of us do when we first become moms. Yeah. And I just, I just wanted something different um, to kind of occupy my mind instead of just sitting in front of the TV all day. So I discovered podcasts and I started listening to all different kinds, especially ones that are specifically for moms and that's supposed to encourage them in their faith and in their walk with God. And the more I listened, the more encouraged I felt. And I just, something started stirring in me where I wanted to, I wanted to have something similar because I've always had a love for writing and especially for encouraging women through writing. Um, but this idea of podcasting was just such a, was just such a new thing for me. And I, I was kind of curious about it. So I sat on the idea of creating a podcast for a while, actually. Um, I think maybe Tessa was, I first had the idea when she was just a few months old and I officially launched the podcast, um, like a month before her first birthday. Oh, wow. So for, yeah. So for like a whole year, I had thought about it. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And I was, I honestly held back for a while because I was just afraid of the, I was afraid that I would get so caught up and consumed in it that I would, I wouldn't be the mom that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be. So mm. I kind of held back out of fear. And then just after a really long time of praying about it, I just felt God leading me to do it. And I just, I sort of just felt like God was saying, you know, you're so afraid that that you're going to lose your soul if you do this. But Jesse, this is how I'm going to nurture it. And mm. that day I was just like, you know what? I don't want to be afraid anymore. So I went ahead and recorded a whole bunch of episodes I had written um, just about motherhood and about what God was teaching me. And I launched it and I was That's super awesome. nervous, but I haven't looked back since. And yeah. That's so great. That's cool. So, okay, yeah. so when you were... Um, li binge listening to podcasts probably when you're nursing all the time. <laughs> so tell me, what were some of your favorite podcasts that you listened to and you loved in that season? Oh, yes. Well, the, okay. So the first ones I stumbled upon were um, the God-Centered Mom podcast. Which okay, yeah. Even, yeah, it's not even called that anymore. It's called Don't Mom Alone. Um, I also listened to the Mom Struggling Well podcast, which also isn't called that anymore. It's called The Struggle Well Project. Okay. Um, and I listened to Risen Motherhood. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. Coffee and Crumbs. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, all, all of like the, the ones that are in the top, um, the top rating for motherhood um, mm -hmm. podcasts. And I mean, I also listen to different church podcasts, try to listen to different sermons, just anything that would just nourish my soul more so than whatever show I was binge watching. I mean, I still definitely watch TV, but it just, there was something about having just um, a different kind of message going in my ears that kind of lifted my spirits more, especially when, you know, the days were long and I was alone waiting for my husband to get home. And um, so, I mean, yeah, that, that was, those were kind of my go-to podcasts. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So tell me, what is your mission with Soul Care for the New Mom? Gosh, my mission... I want moms to feel free because I think that so much of motherhood can feel limiting or constricting or demanding. And I want moms to know that they are free to connect with God exactly where they are. I don't want them to think that just because they might not be able to have that sit down quiet time that, you know, we maybe used to have before we had kids. I don't want them to think that that is the determining factor of whether God can speak to you or move in your life. 
Um, so my episodes, they're just designed to show moms that God is speaking to you right where you are. He's speaking to you even in the middle of the mundane, even in the middle of the chaos and the busyness and all the things that you're doing as a mom day in and day out. He's never left your side and he wants to grow you in there. Um, that that's, that's really what I'm hoping and praying for when, when women, um, find me. Yeah, that's so awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you have two babies. You had them close together. Your births are probably fresh in your mind, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about kind of your birth stories and that whole season of your life of having babies and postpartum and all that good stuff. What was your birth like with Tessa? Okay. My birth with Tessa was in a hospital and it was a natural birth. Um, so no medication, no epidural. Um, we, I, this was never a route that I had, that I had foreseen for myself. Um, just because I was just gonna, you know, just do, I guess the normal thing that people do, you know, you right, whatever epidural, normal you, is, right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever normal is. I didn't even know, but we, we got pregnant about three months after we got married. Um, so I, it was just so early. I hadn't even really thought about what my birth plan might be. And Grant's aunt, um, she teaches Bradley method courses, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, the all natural course. Um, and I just, I just thought, you know what, let's just check it out. Let's just try it, see what kind of information she has. And I sort of dove into the world of natural birth and I just, I loved it. And taking the course with her and having her just walk us through all these different things about birth and, um, just different uh, practices the hospitals do and how you can cope with birth naturally. And um, it, it was just, it was amazing. And the more that we, you know, the more we did that, the more confident I felt that I can do this. Like I mm -hmm. can do this naturally. It will be hard, I'm sure, but I want to do this. Um, so we, we had a natural birth with Tessa um, and it was, it was amazing. I, I mean, every time, you know, that I talk about her birth, I just, I just beam with joy because it really was exactly what I had envisioned. Um, I mean, there were some things, you know, that weren't exactly, you know, what I had envisioned, but for the most part, it was that beautiful natural labor that I had, that I had been dreaming of. Um, we, we loved the hospital. Um, and, and we, you know, it was a good experience, but we did decide later to have a home birth with James, which I'll get into later. Um, but with Tessa, we, we loved our hospital birth. She was born 10 days past her due date. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you can imagine how, how frustrating that was, how large I was, how much, uh, just how uncomfortable I was. Um, but at that, you know, that 10 day mark, that's when I started feeling, okay, this is labor. Up until then, I really hadn't had any of those I hadn't been feeling any Braxton Hicks contractions like a lot of women say that they do. Um, so I had no idea when I was going to go into labor. But on the 10th day, just when I was losing hope, I mean, I had been crying, praying, pleading with God every day. And finally, on that day, um, I just sort of had this feeling of, okay, like, this is going to be the day. So I said to my husband, I think we should, I think we should take our dog to my mom's house. 
Um, and he's like, why are you feeling contractions? And I wasn't feeling contractions at the moment, but I guess, you know, maybe just moms have like this, this weird sense, you know, like I had this sixth sense and I just said, no, I think we need to take him. And as we were like putting the leash on him and taking him to the car, I had my first real like, oh, this is a contraction. Um, and I was thinking, oh, that's not too bad. You know, like, oh, right. that's, you know, that's fine. I, I can do this. So, um, we drove the dog and, you know, I kept having contractions in the car, but they weren't too severe. And then we came back home. You're and- right. I would have been like, you go take the dog. I'm staying home, not getting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to act natural. You know, I didn't want my mom to <laughs> yeah. freak out and camp outside of my house or anything crazy like that. So I just, you know, I didn't even tell her that I was having a contraction. I just, you know, told her, you know, maybe today might be the day. I didn't give a yes or a no. I just sure. kind of was very vague about it. Uh, but when we got home, you know, we're, we're taught um, through the Bradley method that, you know, you want to labor at home as much as possible. And I think that that's, you know, a common, you know, a common thing that oh, sure. people, they try to do, especially when they're trying to have a natural labor. So, you know, I labored in the bed, Grant, you know, and again, like these contractions weren't super bad. I mean... I, you know, I was really thankful for Grant because, you know, he had learned all these techniques of how to help me cope during labor. So he was rubbing my back and doing different like visualization practices and techniques. And that was really, um, that was really fun and fun as in, you know, as fun as it's going to get during labor. And then I guess after about four hours, I was just like, okay, I I think we should go to the hospital now because at this point, I I think our our contractions were maybe like a minute and a half long and they weren't too far apart. So I'm thinking, oh, this is really picking up. Um, So, and especially because she was 10 days overdue, I'm thinking, you know, this might not be a long labor at all, especially, you know, it started very um, spontaneously. So we went to the hospital and this was about 7 p.m. at night. Um, it had only been like four or so hours since I'd started, since I had my first contraction. So we arrived, they take, they took me to triage, hooked me up to the monitor. Um, and then they, you know, checked to see how dilated I was. And they told me, okay, you're like a one. <laughs> and I was super <laughs> discouraged. Like I was so upset. And I, I wondered if maybe my labor slowed down a little bit because of it. Cause my contractions started spreading out more and they, you know, they didn't pick up. Um, so it kind of felt like I was starting over from square one. But um, but they decided, you know, because it had, I'm 10 days overdue, I'm definitely in labor. They went ahead and made a room for us, even though I think normally they might have sent a mom yes, home. She was only di- sent yes. you home. Right. So they so they sent me. Um, we did go to the waiting room to see our family members. We had called them um, to be at the hospital. So I, I didn't want to I didn't want to see them throughout the labor or like during labor. I just wanted to, you know, just say hi and then, you know, see them later after the baby's yeah. born. I just it was this was an experience that I really only wanted Grant to be a part of. Um, I wanted like very minimal intervention or communication. I didn't want any nurses all over me. I just wanted it to be like a thing between him and I, you know, just to have that very special moment with him. Um, so after we went to the waiting room to say hi, then the rest of the time was just spent with him. And um, I spent about an hour walking the halls and about every four minutes I'd have another contraction. I would lean over and where I would like put my arms around him and he would rub my back. And I mean, I really got to give it to him because I don't think he stopped rubbing my back for the entire labor. 
And I mean, I know that his wrists were super sore the next day, but he just, he prevailed and, you know, he was on top of it, you know, before I could even like ask for a drink of water, he'd be holding out, you know, a cup with a straw for me. And he, he was fully prepared. I think he, he just wanted to be the most supportive um, husband he could be. And I was really thankful for that. Um, So um, I guess like after some time they, you know, because I was so overdue, they wanted to continually monitor the baby, um, which I understand. But that you weren't was the that part. overdue. <laughs> I like, well, I mean, <laughs> ten days is not them, that overdue. Yeah, it felt like an eternity. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yes. Yeah, especially in the days prior, I'd been you know asked to induce and schedule an induction. I kept saying sure. no, no. Um, but so they they had, um, I guess, like in a some sort of. I don't even know, like some sort of monitor attached to my belly. And they were monitoring my contractions and monitoring the baby's heartbeat. And, you know, this was fine, except for the fact that I couldn't like roam the way I wanted to. I I couldn't walk. I had to like stay in the bed. And that's when I feel like my labor got the hardest because I'm like, yes, they didn't have portable monitoring for you. No, they did it. And and that that made me very sad. But, you know, I did the best I could. Yeah, that's really rough. Yeah. So I'm in the bed. I'm laboring. Um, and I could, and I, you know, I'm like doing my productive birthing noises, all the things that we had learned, you know, mm-hmm. to prepare for it. And then I, I just knew I was going into transition. Like I started feeling nauseous. My, my whole body was shaking, even though I was laying down, it wasn't even standing. My whole body's shaking. Um, oh, and before this, I'd actually labored a lot on my birth ball as well. Um, so that's another, another thing that I use. But, um, but I'm in transition, you know, I'm trying to focus on Grant's voice. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing mm. I've ever done. Like, this is awful, so much pain, but I didn't, I didn't ever once think, you know, okay, I, I should get an epidural or, you know, okay, I need something for the pain. I just kind of stuck with it because I, you know, I kept in mind, like, the only way out is through, you know, Mm, and I knew that it wasn't going to be much longer. I know that for a lot of moms transition, you know, is only, you know, 30, 45 minutes, maybe. And then, you know, after that, like, you're ready, you know, so, you know, I was dilating those last few centimeters. And then I just suddenly was like, oh, I need to push. Like, mm. <laughs> like I can feel it. I need to push from both sides. Like, something's happening. And so we called in the doctor. Um, and up until then, we hadn't, you know, we hadn't even seen really, like, who our doctor was. Uh, I think maybe they came in once just to say hi and check up on me. But um, so the doctor came in. And I, I remember this is the part where, like, I mean, up until now, I kind of was pretty comfortable because I was so focused on the labor so I you know I was in like a sport or like a like a nursing bra or something and just like you know and like a nightgown or something um but then (laughs) when it came time to push I don't know what what it got in my head but I just like completely stripped out like fully naked on the table I'm not even sure how common that is but like I became like this. That's like, very cr- normal. To be is it normal? Your whole labor. Yes. So yes. you're I you're was, doing okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, because I was thinking like I just I'm just in it. You know, like I felt like this like Amazon like primal instinct superwoman came out of me, and I was just ready. So um, you know, they told me you're fully dilated. You can push. Um, I didn't know how to push. They kind of had to instruct me on that. Um, I didn't know how counterintuitive it was going to be or how, like, just how, how odd it is to try to, you know, like, use the right muscles or, like, breathe the right way. And 
Um, so that took me a minute. But after that, I mean, I just pushed and pushed and maybe it was 20, 30 minutes of pushing. And then, and then she was born and That's it a was, fast. you're a yes. fishing pusher, Jesse. I mom. know. I know. In total, her labor was 10 hours long. Yeah, that's short. Yes, I know. So short. And I felt so amazing after she was born because I had literally just done something that I had never thought I would do. I had done something that I know a lot of women don't think they could ever do. But I I did it. And I felt so victorious. I felt like I like I was super, you know, excited about having a baby. But I was like, also just as proud of myself for having birth. Her, you know, Oh, absolutely. it was yes. Um, so she was born, they laid her on my chest. Grant actually was the one to catch her. Um, they let him do that, which was really amazing. And, um, you know, she was on my chest. And when she was born, she had like a bit of, I guess, amniotic fluid um, that she had swallowed. So the nurses are patting her on the back and suctioning out her mouth and she was kind of coughing and, and sputtering a little bit for about maybe like five minutes. Um, but during those five minutes, I mean, Grant and I, you know, we were holding her, we have her, we have our hands on her and we're just praying over her and we're just declaring like perfect health over her. And it was just the most, it was, it was such a uniting experience. It was very, just very personal and spiritual and um, like almost romantic in a way of just like we had brought this baby into our world and the first thing we're doing with her is praying over her and just thanking God for her um and yeah and then we laid skin to skin my family came in and met her and yeah that's that amazing was, yes that's wonderful um so how was your postpartum experience like with her postpartum was it was a mixture. Breastfeeding was very difficult. I know that, you know, that's very typical, especially for first time moms. Um, I just didn't know how to get a good latch. I didn't know um, if I was doing it the right way, if I was holding her the right way when I was trying to breastfeed. So that in itself was very challenging. Um, just feeling like I'm in pain, um, but I'm responsible for nourishing her, me and me alone. Like, I'm the one who's, like, you know, trying every couple hours. You know, I mean, thankfully, you know, Grant, he's helping me. He's putting pillows under my arms to try to help prop him up. He's, you know, bringing, you know, changing diapers. He's, he's trying to be as supportive as he can. But I think it, I think it was very just kind of lonely in a way. Um, even though I had s- support around me and I had family, just the burden of I'm her sole source of nourishment right now. And I'm the one who's, you know, with her all day long. It just felt very um, isolating. And, oh, I'm sure. And, and that was and, kind of the season where you were thinking about starting your podcast, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just, I felt like I was spending almost all of my days just sitting on the couch with her breastfeeding. Yeah, I mean, well, I that's probably yes, true. <laughs> yes. And it, and it was, this was so different from just the life, the pace of life that I'd been used to. You know, I wanted to get out. I wanted to clean the house. I wanted to cook. And I'm not lying when I say that literally for the first six months of her life, I think I could, I think I maybe cooked like once or twice. (laughs) But other than that, like I did not cook a thing. Like even my, yes, yes. I couldn't even fathom the idea of going in the kitchen and making a meal. It was just something that I was just like, you know what, Grant, like, I just need you to take this over because everything about my life just felt so consumed with being a mom. Um, and some of it was mental, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the truth. Because the truth is, I, you know, I could have done more, he could have held the baby while I cooked or vice versa. Sure. 
Um, but it just, I felt like my whole life was now revolving around this baby for better or for worse. And, um, and it was, I don't know, it was kind of crazy. And I'm really thankful for the people who did support us though, because, you know, lactation consultants were super helpful so that by the time she was two months old, we have gotten the hang of breastfeeding and that made things a lot easier. Um, and yes, and I had, you know, parents and grandparents who I would, you know, they would come visit me so that I wasn't so lonely because, um, my husband, he didn't get too much time off from work. He went back to work, maybe like, um, maybe like a week and a half after she was born. And he, at that time he worked the night shift. So that meant that he was asleep all day and then he'd be awake for the evening and like, you know, the late afternoon and we'd have dinner together. But then the whole night was, that was on me. You know, all the diaper changing and the breastfeeding and the rocking and the shushing, like that was all me. So yeah. it was, it was challenging, but, um, but I, but I feel like a lot of things were being stirred in me during that time, just oh, kind totally. of just realizing God and his strength and his goodness. Um, so it was, it was a beautiful time too, but definitely challenging. Oh, for sure. And just so raw. I think we just stripped yeah. down a lot. Yeah. And yes. I think there's something beautiful on that, that. The Lord just molds us in a different mm-hmm. way in that season when we're, we we need him and we need other people and we need help. Um, it's a very humbling season um, of life. So how did your relationship with Grant change kind of through that um how did your marriage change? What did that What did that season look like for you guys? Oh my goodness, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. I, you know, I had heard that you know a lot of husbands and wives say that you know after after they have a baby, it kind of feels like they're they're like two ships passing in the night. You know, like mm-hmm. everything's just so busy and chaotic. And and I didn't believe that that would happen to us, but it. I mean, there was definitely a time where it felt like we were more roommates than spouses Mm. at this point, just because I was so focused on the baby that I didn't even feel like investing in my marriage anymore. Um, Just even just holding hands, just I wasn't into it. I didn't want any physical touch ever. I mean, I know that some of that was the hormones. They just, you know, they affect your, 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 your sex drive and all of that. And that was so true for me. And it was so scary because I'm thinking our marriage is never going to be the same again. Like I, like, will I ever feel like I love my husband again? Because Mm. at this point it felt like all my love was going towards Tessa. And that was, I know that was hard for him. And, and we, you know, we tried to talk about it, but he just couldn't fully understand what I was thinking or feeling and, and experiencing through this transition. So I mean, definitely the first year of her life was was super hard on us. Um, And, you know, there were certain things we tried to do to, you know, hold ourselves together. Like we made sure that we, you know, you know, we watched TV together because that, you know, always like bonded us together. We would try to like take little outings like we would go out of town just to go just go somewhere different, go on an adventure and feel like we're best friends again, you know, and that Mm -hmm. we're not just these roommates um, and that definitely helped. And I think also the more I learned to let go of Tessa and let family step in and take her so that we could have time together, the more confident I felt and the more able I felt when it came to investing in my marriage. But it did take me some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was honestly like when we thought about getting pregnant again, that was the number one concern and fear that I had. I feared that 
our marriage would just crumble all over again. You know, we had worked so hard to rebuild it and to get back to this sense of normalcy. And then just the thought of starting over was terrifying because of it. Yeah. That's real. That's hard stuff. I know. Dads often kind of take a back seat, especially in those early postpartum months, or they can. They certainly Mm -hmm. don't have to. Um, But the more you can kind of bring them in, bring them in, bring them in, um, the better and the easier it is on your relationship for sure. And just there's a lot of letting go. I think parenthood Mm -hmm. is all about surrender. And I say, I say, especially with my clients, it starts in pregnancy. It really does. You start letting go of so much in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You let go of control, um, of plans, of expectations, of all kinds of things. Yeah. Yes, yes. Your body, I mean, a lot. It starts in pregnancy and it just doesn't end. It just looks different. And there's more layers to that as you go on and as your kids grow and as your marriage changes. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. So tell me, how did you guys decide to go for a home birth in, um, with your next pregnancy? Um. So we, okay, so this is something that I guess I forgot to mention, but Towards the end of my pregnancy with Tessa, I started having some really big doubts about a hospital birth. Um, and a lot of it was fear driven. I like feared that if we, if we had a birth in a hospital, I would end up not sticking with the natural route and the birth plan that I wanted. So I started, you know, especially because at this point, this was like, like maybe like a week or so before she was due. And <laughs> you're like our, last minute. Right. Yeah, it was very last minute. I mean, that's why we did it. You know, that's why we didn't yeah. change our mind. It was way too last minute. But I was being pressured to set a date for her to be and for me to be induced. Um, and I just so badly didn't want that because I knew that, you know, sometimes that's what can lead to, you know, a, what was supposed to be a natural birth, not being a natural birth. And it can create a much harder, longer labor. So I pushed against it, but it felt like I was having to fight so hard for it Hmm. that I was afraid that the fight would only get harder once I really am in labor. Um, So, but, you know, but this wasn't the case at all because I did, you know, I was not pressured at all while I was in labor and the hospital staff was very supportive and they didn't, you know, ask me or bother me at all. And I think, you know, what helped is that I had a very clear birth plan. So Mm -hmm. I always, you know, encourage moms or women who are pregnant to definitely have a birth plan and to like have confidence that you can stick to it. Um, but we, when we got pregnant again, we knew that we wanted to have a home birth, not because we had a bad experience, but because we had had a great experience and I'm thinking I could do this, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I did it, then I can do it, you know, in the comfort of our own home. Then we won't have to, you know, stay in the hospital for two or three days after, which, you know, was kind of boring. And, you know, it's like weird. You're not at your own home and you're wearing these diapers and you're afraid of getting blood all over the bathroom floor. And it's just it's just not ideal. Um, So I said, you know, I think it would be really fun to have it at home to just have that comfort. And then I know for sure that I won't be pressured at all. Um, And I, I think it just came out of a place of confidence, just you know, knowing that I had done this before and I would just love just, you know, the amazing privilege of experiencing something like this, you know, with him and with a midwife. Um, so yeah, we just decided that we're just going to go all in and we're just going to do a home birth. Um, I love it. We, we, yeah. 
That's awesome. So cool. Okay, Jesse, I want to know what is the hardest thing in the season of your life, just being a mom and you're, you've got a podcast, you've got this whole side hustle thing going on. Like, what do you feel like is the hardest part about being a mom in this season of your life? Oh my goodness. Um, the hardest thing is feeling like I'm torn in a million directions. Mm. Um, and a lot of it's, you know, all mental. Um, you know, there's the pressure to, keep the house clean, the pressure to meet up with all my friends, the pressure to always spend time with family and um, spend time with the kids, you know, which, you know, these are great priorities to have, but I struggle with just figuring out which ones come first and not feeling guilty when I make my decision. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone who, you know, loves to write and loves to work and to dive into, you know, creative things like podcasting and and all that. It's hard for me to, to really focus in on that without feeling this sense of guilt that I'm not as present with my family as I could be. You know, I chose to be a stay at home mom, but then, then it's almost like I, a part of me like has one foot in the door, one foot out. You know, Hmm. I, I want to have both We'd call that a part-time working mom, I think. (laughs) Yes, yes. I, yes, I feel like I'm a part-time working mom, but it's, it's so hard when my kids are here with me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it would be easier if I had some place to go to, like a, like an office where I could have designated hours, but that's not the case when you work from home and when you, you know, are pursuing things in the home, you, you have to make that decision like almost minute by minute of what you're going to give your energy and your time to. And that's been really hard for me and something that I've had to grow more, more at peace with just knowing that like, no matter what, I'm not going to screw up my kids. You know, they're going to be okay. My husband, if he has a problem, he'll tell me, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I check in with him just to make sure like, you know, do you think I've been too absent lately? Or do you think I've been too, you know, just lazy lately? Like, have I been slacking in certain areas? And he's always very honest and supportive. Um, And I think that that helps because I I think that I have this idea of how many different areas I'm failing in. But really, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, I'm doing a really good job. And Mm. I have to remind myself that all the time, like I'm doing the best I can. And my girls are happy and my husband's happy and and I'm happy. Um, I just have to push past those lies and that fear. Yeah, oh, totally. I know. I mean, I'm with you. There was a lot of years where I was responding to emails only when my kids were like contently playing by themselves or somebody's napping. And so I'm going to try to get all this done. But then I'm choosing, you know, emails over dishes or, you know, whatever it is, or shower or trying to be like, okay, I need to do a phone consult. Let me put on a show for my kids so they can be quiet. I could talk to this person on the phone. And just the juggle of that was so hard and so challenging. And I just felt like I was failing at everything or or not failing, but not doing things well or to the the level that I would like them to do. And so finally, after six years of that, my husband and I finally sat down and we're like, okay, this isn't working. Like we can't continue to do the same thing, expecting the same result. Like let's try something new. Let's see if this works and kind of go from there. And so we've tried kind of a different schedule and kind of rearranging some, some parts of our lives so that we both can have undivided time focusing on one thing and not 75. 
yes. things. And we've only been doing it for like three weeks, but it's been such a game changer, like yeah. really life changing. And I can go to bed before midnight. And that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I don't really ever go to bed, but that's a different story. Yes. Um yeah, I'm so with you, Jesse, on that. It's a hard, it's a hard struggle, and I'm really trying to prioritize and plan things, and then just knowing that sometimes your plans go out the window when you have a sick kid, or you know, a field trip, or whatever, and just learning to be flexible in that is, it's not always easy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what do you feel like the Lord is really shaping and molding in your life in this season? Like, what is he speaking over you? Not necessarily as a mom or a podcaster, but as as his daughter and as his child. What do you feel like the Lord's really, really pressing in and, and speaking to your heart about? Hmm. I feel like he's, he's sort of reteaching me how to trust him. And this is something that I have to continually come back to. I mean, I feel like we're all having to be reminded over and over again of how to trust God. But I mean, we have dealt with some some serious situations lately where I've I've questioned, you know, why why are you allowing these things to happen? Or God, why aren't you stepping in? And I'm finding that he's, you know, he's bringing back sort of like. Um, Yesterday at church, we uh, side note. Yesterday at church, we, we you know we were in worship, and our worship pastor talked about how God, you know, he's he reminds us of our history. Hmm. So I feel like that, and that just really spoke to me, and that's what God's doing in me right now. He's reminding me of our history, the history between him and I, and just how faithful and and present he's been through every challenge that I've ever faced, or through every situation where it felt like he wasn't there. I can see how he was there and how he was bringing me to the right places I needed to be. And he was answering the prayers in the way that he needed them to be answered. Um, And I mean, he's never let us down. And I have to keep reminding myself of that again and again. And God's reminding me, I, I don't let you down. I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm not going to fail you or walk out on you. I'm with you and you're going to be okay. It might not look like the way you want, things might not look the way you want them to look, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's That's been a big one for me. Totally. I think we can, I think that's there in everyone's life in every season. Like we can always trust God more. That's a good, that's good, Jesse. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about your online course, your Moms in Pursuit online course. Can you share with us a little bit about like, what's that all about? Who's that for? (laughs) Who would, like, what type of mom might benefit from your course? And what is kind of the nitty gritty behind why you created that? Yes. Okay. So I've created an online course specifically for moms of little ones. So that means whether you have a baby, a newborn, a toddler, you fit in that mold. And the whole purpose of the course is to show you step-by-step all the many ways that God speaks to us through this season, this specific season of motherhood. Um, And this was born just out of my own journey I've been on of God teaching me and revealing himself to me. Um, through different areas. So I cover, 
you know, the topic of being in the word, what it looks like as a busy mom, especially when you can't have that picture perfect quiet time. Right. That like you're not so going to get an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah. You might not even get a full 10 minutes, but like there's so many different and creative ways we can get into mm-hmm. the word and carry that with us. Um, so I talk about that. I cover prayer and just what it looks like to pray boldly and honestly um, and to bear fruit from our prayers. Um, I talk about the Holy Spirit and just how to understand the role of the Holy Spirit better and how God uses the Spirit to teach us and guide us. Um, I talk about worship and how to weave worship into a part of your everyday rhythm and then community and just what it looks like to be in a healthy community and how God uses community um, in our lives. And so the whole purpose of this course really is just to walk moms through again, you know, just that freedom piece of just what does it look like to be free, free Mm -hmm. from perfectionism, free from legalism, free from the pressure to somehow earn God's presence, which, you know, I believe for the longest time I had to do certain things in order to get God to be in my life or to speak Mm -hmm. in my life. And it's just not true. You know, he's willing to meet us where we're at and And so I, you know, I do videos where I go through these teachings. I offer worksheets and templates that are designed to help you with these things, to help make them part of your everyday rhythm. Um, And also just like a workbook. And yeah, I mean, this is just, this is my passion. And it's, it's been really exciting just for me, first of all, because going through these things is just, it's instilling even more joy um, and peace in my motherhood journey as I'm being reminded of these things. Um, But I'm also just excited for moms and just seeing how God speaks to them through it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Okay, so if you're listening and you have a baby or newborn or a toddler, I want you to go and take Jesse's course. So I think you'd totally <laughs> benefit from it. I'll be sure to link um, to her course and her podcast and all that good stuff in the show notes. Um, so make sure you don't forget, scroll down, click on over to the show notes and we'll get you <laughs> all those good links. So Jesse, I want to talk, you've shared a lot on your social media about your keto journey and your journey with health (laughs) and all kinds of things. So tell me kind of how that's going. What have you discovered? What have you learned? Kind of what, what has that journey looked like for you? Oh, it has been an interesting journey and not even a very long one at that, (laughs) but one that's been super just educational for me and eye-opening. So I I have struggled with weight ever since my first pregnancy. Um, I gained 50 pounds in that pregnancy and lost a very, very small fraction of that when she was born. Um, and then, you know, I quickly got pregnant again. So that was even more weight being added. Not as much weight, but still a fair amount. And then again, I had trouble losing any of it when when James was born. So I have I've had all this extra weight on me and it's, it's been a real struggle for me to accept it and for me to feel like myself again. I thought yeah. that, I thought that if I stopped breastfeeding, you know, maybe my hormones would level out mm. and maybe the weight would just come right off. And so I stopped breastfeeding, um, not for that reason, but for a different reason about four months ago. And I just was not seeing a single difference. I still felt like my hormones were all out of whack. I wasn't mm. sleeping well at night. I felt like I was just all over the place. There was no progress being made no matter how healthy I tried to eat 
or no matter how you know much exercise I tried to do, and which I wasn't doing too much, and I'm thankful for that, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But um, I I was just feeling so discouraged, and I told myself, you know, I want 2019 to be the year that I finally lose, you know, this weight and feel like myself again. I don't want to. I don't want to feel achy when I'm sitting on the floor. I don't want to have trouble sleeping. I don't want to look at myself in the mirror and not feel attractive, you know? And so um, in January, I decided that I was going to start exercising. And this was going to be, like, my big thing that I focus on. But I still had, like, this part of me that was holding back. And I, I saw on social media just one day that a friend of mine who I knew that she was doing this, but I didn't, I didn't know how much it had mattered to her, but she had been doing the keto diet, eating keto for about four or five months and had lost a very good amount of weight um, and was just feeling so much healthier and happier. And, and I just decided to ask her about it. Like, what is this keto thing? I've been seeing everything about it, you know, online. I know it's very trendy, but it's um, very but, trendy. <laughs> yes. It's very trendy. Like what? So like, what is it? You know, like I had so many questions and she sat down with me and talked me through like how, you know, this keto is a low carb, high fat diet and it puts your body into a state of ketosis where it essentially, it not only burns the fat that you eat for fuel versus what, you know, a lot of us do, which is that our bodies burn carbs for fuel. Hmm. So in ketosis, your body burns fat for fuel. And then along the way, it burns your fat as well um, for energy. And, and people who are on the keto diet a lot of the time, they say they have more energy. They don't feel as sluggish. Um, they are more clear minded, they lose a ton of weight. I mean, I think that's one of the most attractive features about it is that a lot of people, they claim that they've had a really good um, amount of weight loss. And, you know, people have seen healing from, you know, um, or seen progress made towards like, if they're pre diabetic, or if they are diabetic, it helps with their blood sugar. Um, And so it just has so many different benefits. And I, it was it was like on a Friday night that she had told me about this. And I said, you know what? On Monday, I'm starting this. I didn't even think twice about it. I just was like, <laughs> I'm just going to do it. Because if I think about too long, I won't. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to try it. And the biggest thing that I was scared of was just um, how hard that transition was going to be. Because keto is gluten-free. Oh, um, yeah. It's not dairy-free. So you can eat dairy. You can eat meat. You can eat all you know a lot of the different things. But um, it's very, very low-carb. So no gluten um, and very minimal fruits. And for me, that was like half my diet. I'm like, what am <laughs> like, I, I do? carbs you know? and apples. And bananas. Yeah, like, no, but basically, yes. And I'm thinking this is going to be such a strange experience for me. But I spent the whole weekend coming up with a meal plan doing all kinds of research into it. And I started it. And I can't say that the first month was um, incredibly um successful as far as weight loss. I mean, I had lost five pounds in that one in that first month alone, which for me was a big deal. I know that in the grand scheme of things, maybe not. But for me, that was the first time I had ever lost a pound since I had, you know, had a kid. So this was a big deal. I know some of it was water weight as well. But I also wasn't feeling as bloated. And for the first time in six months, I was sleeping through the night. Up, up until yes, up until then, I had had super bad middle of the night insomnia, and I think you know I haven't been to the doctor yet for it, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with hormones and cortisol and just all those different things that kind of get thrown out of whack throughout pregnancy and birth. And um, 
So I, I started experiencing changes in that and um, I wasn't feeling that boost of energy like I wanted to. Um, I think that my body has still been adjusting to it. But the biggest change for me was just a different mindset towards food. Mm. Because all my life, I almost have felt like a slave to food in a right. way. Like, like my appetite controls me. If I'm craving something, I don't know how to say no. Or if I'm hungry, like I just, I either, you know, grab the first thing that I see or, you know, which is usually very unhealthy. So like, you know, like, a, I don't know, just something that <laughs> probably isn't good, like a bowl of cereal. A bowl of cereal was always my go-to snack. I mean, granted, it was like a healthier cereal, but probably sure. not. Um, I either do that or I just didn't eat at all because I just was just so frustrated with not knowing what to eat or when to eat or if I'm eating, if I'm eating healthy enough. And when I'm on keto, I have a clear plan. I don't feel as hungry. My appetite is for, is for good foods like vegetables and not for carb foods like pasta, which it always was before. And it's I always so, pasta. <laughs> always pasta. Yes. And and it, it just was so revolutionary for me to not be controlled by my appetite or my cravings anymore. Um, but so then, but then the, here's the, here's the kicker. So this past month, I, I'm, I'm in my third month now, uh, I think, or just, just about to start my third month. Um, this past month, I lost another five pounds nice. and that was really great. Yes. Yeah. So total 10 pounds still, you know, not like a very small fraction of my goal, but still something. Um, and, but this past month or yeah, so like a few, for past few weeks, I've noticed that, um, I have, I've had psoriasis, um, on my scalp for about 17 years. So since I was a little kid wow. and I've noticed it getting better at some times and then worse at other times. Mm -hmm. So like for the first month, it almost seemed like it was getting better. And then all of a sudden it started feeling worse. And then I started breaking out in other places and, and I, I mean, I just, I'm just fed up with it. So I started looking into, you know, what, what causes psoriasis? You know, what is the deal with that? And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, starting to realize that psoriasis is very much linked to your gut and to yeah. um, just, just your, your systems and whether you're eating anti-inflammatory foods or inflammatory foods. And I'm learning a lot about what that means for me. And so, uh, you're asking me at such a funny time about the keto because I'm actually, as of this week, I'm transitioning out of keto. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm trying something different because I need to listen to my body and figure out yeah. what is at the root of this. So I think that maybe I need to start incorporating more carbs in and less fats but that I also may need to stay away from gluten still, but also maybe dairy, maybe yeah. eggs. You know, I don't know what the culprit is. And it, it's scary for me to say that I don't know because I'm afraid of what I might find because I don't want to go the rest of my life without, you know, eating eggs. But the truth is if that's what's causing my body to not be well um, and to have these issues, then it's worth it to figure that out. Right. So, yeah, so um, today's the first day where I'm starting to slowly up my carb intake. And eventually, at some point, my body will probably be kicked out of ketosis. Um, so I'll no longer be burning fat for fuel. And that means that I need to cut down on the fats I'm eating as well. Um, but we'll, I'll, I guess I'll see where it goes from here. I mean, I'm nervous, but I'm excited too. So. Yeah, you're on that 
you're on that food journey to health. Yes, and, yes. you know, our family's been on a long roller coaster of, of journeying to health, um, especially with our little guys, our little people who have a lot of allergies and sensitivities and things like that. And it has been just learning how to heal your body with food and the right yeah. foods for you. And that's what it's really about. And yes. it may not look like this, you know, diet that you can put in a pretty little box that fits, um, but it may be what you need and it may be anti-inflammatory foods. And I just love, I love Danielle Walker's Against All Grain and everything she does in her cookbooks and everything. But, um, you know, there's different people have different needs. And I think just exploring like, okay, what does my body need to heal itself um, is always a great place to start. Yes. And it, and it's, it's the first time I've ever thought to do something like this. The first time I've ever thought maybe I need to investigate, you know, what is causing these issues and how to take care of myself. It's, it's a big game changer for me to feel like I have a say in how my body, you know, reacts to food. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fun to hear about your life and your heart and all that the Lord's doing um, in this season of your life. I just so appreciate your time. It's been awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun chatting. I loved getting to know Jesse on the show today. She's awesome. Don't you think? If you're a mama with little people at home, I want to encourage you to check out Jessie's online course. It's an amazing tool and you're going to love it. I'll have all the links to her Moms in Pursuit online course on my show notes page. So head over there, you guys. Our marriages can definitely take a hit in that season of newborn life and little people if we aren't intentionally nurturing them. Jeff and I just started a new marriage book and we are going through it together. It's called You and Me Forever by Francis and Lisa Chan. It's been so good so far. I mean, I'm not done, but I'll let you know how it goes in the end. If you're a married person, go add that to your Amazon cart or head to youandmeforever.org. They've got some awesome, awesome free videos over there on their website too. Thank you so much for listening today, friend. Head on over to my show notes page, elisemarsh.com slash podcast for bonus contents, photos, and links to the show. You'll find ways to connect with Jesse and myself over there. I also want to encourage you to join me over on my new Patreon page and consider partnering with me to support this show. I need your help. I can't do it without you. And I'm so glad to be here head to elisemarsh.com slash Patreon to learn more about how you can get involved. If you enjoyed the show today, would you take a screenshot of you listening to the show and go share it over on your Instagram stories? Tag me in your story so I can say, hi, I want to know you and know who you are. I'm praying for you, friend. I'll be chatting with you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.